welcome into Poke the Bear, episode 192. I'm Evan Marinovsky, that's Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. That's getting close to 200. 200 episodes. That'd be incredible. Uh, hopefully we, we'll get to 200. Hopefully the show doesn't, they don't cancel us by in eight shows. I'm hoping they I, don't. I, w- I would hope not. That'd be very anticlimactic, I would say. <laughs> we just, we get canceled before, uh, before they let us get to 200. Uh, but anyways, uh, how was your new year? How, how did you, uh, how'd you ring it in? I don't think we've spoken since. Yeah. Uh, happy new year to you too, Evan. Uh, not a lot going on. I'm not a big new year's Eve fan anyway. I'm not paying $60 to go into a crowded bar to get COVID to pay <laughs> $20 for a shitty cocktail that was pre-made before. It makes me sound extremely old. I know, but <laughs> you do. I, yeah, but I I I don't I don't enjoy New Year's Eve that much. Like either you you post up, got a movie marathon going, or you like go over a pal's house, something like that. Meet a few people under the weather uh on, on New Year's Eve. So sit at home, watch a few movies, watch Bobby first time. Oh, Great what'd film. you think? Thought it was enjoyable. Like it, it's one of those ones where people, I think, either read too much into it or like this is what it's trying to say. Maybe it's just like an enjoyable, fun movie. You can read into it whatever you want, which is what it's what a movie should be. You can interpret it however you want. It's a fucking movie. You should have fun. So it was fun. That's what movies should be, Evan. I agree with you. I saw Barbie, uh, and I know the YouTube commenters are going to lose their shit over us talking about this before we get to brewing stuff. I saw Barbie back uh, when it first went digital. I didn't see it in the theater, and uh, my girlfriend and I bought it on, I think it was Amazon, for like 30 bucks because we wanted to see it, and, you know, we just wanted to see it. And it was fine. I agree with you. It was a fun movie. You know, it wasn't Oppenheimer. It wasn't like a – it wasn't a cinematic masterpiece by any means. But it was it was fine. Um, but then you know what's funny though? Like you mentioned a quiet New Year's Eve, and I'm getting to that point too. Now I didn't do that this year. I went down to visit my girlfriend in uh, she was she went back home to Long Island for like a month. So we went to New York City. So I was like, oh no, like New York City on New Year's Eve. That's that's a recipe for disaster. Um, it wasn't that bad actually, and and we we did pay. Uh, I think it was eighty nine dollars for a for a bar. It was a, t- a ticket, but 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 we did get unlimited drinks and food. Okay, they had food. That's there. fine. It was free. It's fine. So like they gave out platters of burger sliders and calamari and uh, an alligator was on there. And what was the other thing? Uh, you at the uh, fucking fried you chicken. At, were you at the fucking Rainforest Cafe? Where the fuck? Was <laughs> <it>? <laughs> we were at the Hard Rock Cafe. Oh nice. Um, no, no, it was not the. It was a place called Alligator Pear. It was uh, it was quirky little. Like New York brand City, then. yeah, it was. That's why they gave an alligator. Um, but it was cool, and it was. I was like, you know what? For like a bunch of burger sliders and fried chicken and drinks and whatever, like it was worth it. Uh, and it wasn't that bad getting in and out. So, um, but I agree with you. I'm with you on that. My ideal New Year's Eve would be like chilling with a couple friends, watching like I think you should leave or something. Like, of course, that'd be my ideal New Year's. Um, but, uh, anyways, uh, lots of action. This week with the Bruins, mainly on Thursday night. Bruins, Penguins in Boston and in Pittsburgh never really disappoints. Those are always yeah. good games. Yeah. I mean, you look at the game last year. It was probably like the first game where I think a lot of Bruins fans realize you were probably in line for a pretty special season. That one on the road where they come back, I think, three goals down in that one as well. Yep. Lintone wins it in OT. Like, every time they play, again, you look at the talent on 
both these teams um, makes plenty of sense. But yeah, if you're a casual fan, especially going to that game, that'd be like the perfect, if you never went to a hockey game, like that'd be a perfect one to go to it in terms of just how back and forth it was, how wild it was. I agree. I remember this was many years ago now, like 2017 ish. Uh, the Bruins played the Penguins and it was like seven, four or something. And that was the game that Chara had like a three minute shift and then fought. Um, who was it? He fought Alexiak. Yes, it was Jamie Alexiak. He fought Alexiak at the end of the shift. So I always, I'm always like, Penguins Bruins is always good. Like a Bruins Penguins playoff series would be awesome because you just yeah. know it has all the the fixins. It's you know it's got all the fixins of a good of a good series. Uh, but the Bruins lose six uh, five on Thursday night. Uh, I uh, Bruins come back from three goals, uh, lose late, tough one, but still you know showed some fight getting back into it. Uh, but the big thing, and, and you know, kind of goes back to this, like, the offense showed up, the defense did not. It was not the best defensive game, and those defensive woes kind of keep hindering the Bruins a bit. Yeah, and it's, I think, especially frustrating because, as you said, the offense has been there since really the holiday break. I mean, they've scored over four goals in all five of their games since coming out of that little lull, so you've had a lot of guys contributing. I mean, you look at this past game, Martian, Pasternak, kind of take over games, but you look at the amount of uh, other key contributors further down the lineup who are kind of on a little bit of a roll here now. Like uh, Morgan Geeky had three points on Thursday. DeBrusque extended his point streak. You had the game in Columbus where, you know, JVR, Heinen, Frederick had a really strong game together. Like your offense is there. And in most situations, you look at the way this team is built, you score five goals, you should be able to uh, walk away. <laughs> you should <five> win. <laughs> pretty, pretty easily. So, um, yeah, just a lot. Um, that needs to be fixed in the D zone, especially. And I think they've been pretty strong since the holiday break. I mean, no shit. They've won. They won four straight going into that game, but the same things we keep on seeing, right? Like either trying to force plays and it's leading to odd man rushes, um, way too many one and done opportunities in the O zone, which again, if you uh, are one and done and all of a sudden you got Sidney Crosby and Jake Gensel going, you know, an odd man rush back towards you. Not a lot of goalies are going to stop that. As soon as that happened, I was like, well, all right, well, this game's going to go out of hand very quickly. And then You know what's funny? Second. Wait, Connor, you know what's kind of funny? Uh, for that game, I was home, and uh, I was watching the first couple minutes. You know, I saw um, – who scored? It was Poshnock or Marshan scored the first. The first Bruins goal Marchand. I saw. Marshan had the first goal. I saw that. Then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to cook a Hello Fresh real quick. Honest to God, I'm not just like, you know, not saying that for this or anything. I was going to go cook. And I and uh, I go back in the room, and it's like 3-2, and I'm like – the. What did I miss? What happened? I I was I left for like ten minutes. Um, and, so yeah, I and, agree with you. And in probably in real time, they probably already scored another five goals. But the ESPN <laughs> broadcast was so fucking delayed, it was insane. Like I felt bad because like I try not to be the, the spoiler on Twitter, but like when it's like a minute and thirty seconds between what's actually playing out in front of me and like what the broadcast is showing, like. It, I think ESPN is the one that are broadcasting the Stanley Cup final this year. I think they go back oh, and forth, Turner and no. um, ESPN. They if do. You get to that they point, do. you can't fucking have that happen. Like you can't have that far no. away when you got like, especially with like, like betting and all these things <laughs> on top of like just the overall fan experience. You're set. You're said You're texting me like, like Pasternak just scored. I'm like, oh, bet, 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 bet. They must have a lock against. I think they have, they must have a lock yeah. against. Yeah, but it. even just like the overall experience, like you know what's gonna happen when you're in a, a game and I I drop the the pasta uh, <laughs> video like for an OT winner like a minute before it actually happens. It's gonna be people probably 
pumped. There's probably people who enjoy having that tension being taken out of a live viewing, but a lot of people that don't. So you got to fix that if you're ESPN, but I, I digress. Um, but well, the, I, well, the yeah. thing is, like, I like I have Bruins twi- tweet notifications on. So, like, I'll be watching the game at home, like, on the road or whatever, and I look at my phone, and it's, like, tweet notification from the Bruins, and it's, like, like, like grizzly, and I'm, like, damn it, <laughs> like, shit. And it's, like, ah, oh, I'm behind, you know, and I, now I know it's coming, so it's, like, oh, all right, well, how does, I, mean, I guess I can get ready to clip it, but I'm, like, oh, you know, I wish I, it, I wish there was that bit of surprise it's like that that uh twitter meme where it's the guy like playing the video game and it's like the the photo and that's him leaning forward that's like when you get that <laughs> notification like oh i i should really intently watch this shift because i do know what's what's happening next so but yeah defense anyway I, I, we're getting off topic here uh a lot left to be desired there especially i think the net front was something that mm. um again pittsburgh's a pretty desperate team but way too many easy looks like drew o'connor had a tap in goal to start it for them um just not doing nearly enough to make life easier for swimming who again wasn't really shopping that game you give up six goals that tends to be the case but also like when you look at the guys the personnel in front of swimming that should be snuffing out some of those scoring chances just wasn't there at all in, in that game against pittsburgh no and and that second period was bad i think you know when you come out looking like that and the net front is as bad as it was and just the D zone breakdowns. I mean, even that Jake Gensel breakaway that hit the post, and it's, it, you know, like they just couldn't break it out of their own zone. And like, you know, McAvoy had some ups and some downs on uh, Thursday night, but I thought his best play was the the geeky goal where he just said, yeah. "Screw it, I'm just gonna Good take quarter. it myself and just go." You know, and I think that was the biggest thing was they just, and that's kind of a the theme with this Bruins defense, even going back to last year against the Panthers, where like they just they have trouble with pressure. And I wonder when that's going to stop. You know, when is that going to kind of be fixed? Because if that's a continuing problem, like, I mean, your goalies can be as good as they want. If you're consistently turning the puck over or having a problem breaking the puck out of your own zone, you're, you're going to be giving up odd man rushes like it's going out of fucking business. So, like, yeah. I, that's to me, like, that's worrisome. Now, I know they, they've looked fine the last couple games since the, the Christmas break. So, like, whatever. But I, I still go back to, like, Against a good team like Pittsburgh on a big stage where your offense shows up, it's dis- you know it's it's a it's a disappointment when uh, you give up six goals and a lot of it just goes to like defensive inefficiencies. Um, but uh, anyways, uh, before we get on with our conversation, a quick word, Connor, a quick word from our friends over at FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And frankly, that's the best part about FanDuel, that you can bet on anything. You want to bet on how many wins the Patriots are going to have this year? Be my guest. Maybe how many shutouts Jeremy Swayman's going to have this season. Go for it. You can really do it all. So bet now on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in mass. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Hope is here. 
Go to gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. Go to gamesensema.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. So we're recording this in the afternoon. Uh, World Juniors is at, I think, 1.30? Yeah. U.S. and, and Finland? Um, or Sweden. I think it's Sweden. I'm, I'm, a lot I'm get- pissed off. You got a lot of pissed <laughs> off Swedes now. <laughs> Shit. He's disrespecting us. Um, but are you going to watch any of that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Figured. I, I don't know why I, mean, I said you just. I don't know why I thought you might say no. <laughs> I will not watch Team USA in the world. I, to, my I team, cannot, Canada's out. Yes. I cannot stand Team USA hockey. Yeah. Put that. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's going to be a crazy clip. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that should be interesting. Again, we're recording this before, so we don't have results. We don't have reaction to it, unfortunately. Shout out, shout out Lane Hudson. Yeah, Lane Hudson, and and shout out Will Smith and Ryan Leonard, mass kids. So go yeah, with them. I know, I know, I know. But still, mass kids. Best of uh, speaking of young players, speaking of young players, it's a perfect segue into our next thing. It's been an issue. Uh, that a lot of people have been talking about is the the usage of the young players uh, on the Bruins, uh, not on the World Juniors team, because the young players, uh, they all are young players. Um, but uh, with the Bruins uh, on Thursday night, uh, Merkulov, Lauko, Steen uh, didn't get a ton of time at the end of the game or, or in the third period. Uh, same with Lowry. Um, so some are saying, oh, you know, it. it Montgomery's got to use them more uh, and this and that. What what do you make of this? I mean, is this going to be a long-term issue for them? Yeah, I mean, I, I think within the context of this game against the Penguins, right? Like, Lorai plays 8-23. He was a minus three. Did not look very good. So I can see why no. you're – that was more of, I think, like a, a disciplinary, like we got to you pull you from this game. Um, and, again, you look at the the fourth line of, you know, Steen, Markulov, and Beecher – I think natural Statric had them down. The Penguins out attempted the Bruins 7-0 when they were on the ice together. So not a good day from them either. So I get why you have, you know, Lorai playing 8-23. You had Mark Yola playing uh, 6-23, Beecher 6-10. Like, I get it in that context, but it's also been kind of a, a trend, I think, especially where quite a few of these games, um, you're seeing a lot of key players for this team getting Tax pretty heavy minutes. I mean, just look at this game against Pittsburgh, right? Like Hampus Lindholm, 29-13. Charlie McAvoy, 26-27. You know, Pasternak, yes. But like Pavel Zaka, uh, 21-41, right? Like Grizzly, 20-52. Like you've got quite a few guys that um, you're going to have to rely on heavily who are already getting taxed pretty heavily minutes. That's not to say that, you know, in a perfect world, you, you play the Beecher line fucking 14 minutes a night or anything like that right like that's but you know you put him on for the final minute to score a goal yes but like (laughs) you you look in in that trend of guys getting limited to those minutes um again game here there it's whatever but when you get to you know february and march and april and you've got these guys a lot of these veteran players who are supposed to be your your key pieces who are uh playing you know over 20 minutes a night that's when it kind of adds up. That's when you need to, I think, uh, be cognizant of stuff like that. So um, as much as, you know, the people wanted to maybe cast this year as a bridge year transition year, like when you're first place, I get that you're trying to bank as many points as possible, but still you'd like to see a little bit more of maybe a, a leash or a little bit more of a leeway for some of these younger players. And I think especially, um, again, he's probably going down to Providence in a couple of days, but like 
Georgi Merkulov, who, again, has he, like, really, you know, flashed up here during this time? Not not necessarily, but for some of these games, right? Like, he's been the fourth-line center playing six minutes a night. And it's like, again, you want to have these younger players kind of earn their roles, what have you. But, like, Merkulov's not a 4C. Like, Johnny Beach no. is like Merkulov, he plays one game in a third line spot, uh, doesn't you know generate a uh, a shot on goal, but does the few things right, and then he like goes and plays you know a bad team in Columbus on the fourth line. But no, I, I think when you look at uh, Georgi Merkulov in particular, um, for a guy who's been up here for a couple of games and is probably going to get sent back down to the AHL now that Patra's um, on his way back, I just think it, it's a tough spot to put a guy like him in where. Uh, you know, he's not necessarily a fourth line player and he's been on the fourth line the last couple of games playing six, seven minutes a night. And again, it's not to say that you should put a, maybe an offensive, uh, you know, a playmaker like him in a top six role right out of the gate. You got to earn your spot. But um, to, you know, play one game on the third line, then you go to place Columbus, a very bad team on the road where, all right, if there's ever a game for him to be on like a, a middle six spot playing, 11, 12 minutes a night, right? Um, that seems to be it. To go in a fourth line, a lot of D-zone starts, uh, playing six, seven, eight minutes a night, just doesn't really do a lot for, uh, you know, catering to his skill set. And now all of a sudden, you know, he's going back down to the AHL, getting back to the seven, eight-hour bus rides to, like, Utica and Cleveland. And it's like, all right, you're up here a few games, right? It's all well and good. But in terms of building that confidence and, and kind of just continuing to build your game, didn't seem like it was the 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 most successful stint for him and again maybe some of that's on him but i also think we look at just putting a guy in the best situation to succeed i don't think it's really been the case so far for him yeah, yeah it's funny like last uh, or thursday night um i saw like ty anderson tweet bruins effectively played with nine forwards and five d tonight uh low rye steen beecher Merkulov all under nine minutes low rye uh who had an ugly night had uh, the most at 829 uh, tough to effectively lean on your big guns for 40 minutes when chasing the entire way. I, so in a game like last night, I'm fine with them shortening yeah. the bench. Now, I don't think nine forwards is that bad. You know, rolling those guys 5D, I have no problem with that against the Penguins, right? Home game, good team, trying to get points. That makes sense. I agree with you, though. Over the long term against a team like Columbus, that is a good spot to try out guys like Merkulov and, and, and give them a little bit of a longer leash. I think it hits, though, at a different issue. And that's their fourth line is entirely rookies. I mean, and I think that, you know, for a team that's in first place in the Atlantic, who's fighting for, you know, to, you know, keep their spot, fighting off teams like Florida and Toronto, uh, as well as compete with teams like the Rangers and Carolina, it's hard, I think, as a coach to have faith in a fourth line made up of entire, of entirely young guys. Like, 100%. You need to use your full lineup. I mean, that it's the modern NHL. Everybody, you know, you've got to use everybody. Guys get tired. I know they're professional athletes, but you're right. Come February and March, when it's sort of the dog days, which we're unfortunately kind of about to enter, you get tired. And when the playoffs come around, you don't want to be tired because that's when you're going to go full throttle. Uh, I think it hits a kind of a, a sort of, a, not a roster, I mean, kind of a roster issue in that they have young guys on that fourth line. And um, you do want to get them playing, but as I said, it's it's this thing we keep talking about the 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 battle of what are you? What is your team? Are you a young team that's trying to get guys going, or are you winning? And they've done both. 
I said this on my mailbag. It's not out yet. Or maybe it is by the time this podcast is out. But I said the Bruins are like that Ben Affleck picture where he's holding the dunks all together, right? Like they're trying to hold it together. They got the young, you got like Patra and Beecher and Merkulov. And then you got, you know, your veterans who you're trying to win with. And you're just, you're just barely kind of, and you're just hoping it doesn't spill out all over the, all over the concrete. And yeah, if those older guys get tired, you have a real problem. But I, I just, I don't know. It's hard. It, you you almost need some veterans, bet, some you know, better than Patrick Brown, to play with those guys down there. I'm I'm curious if this becomes a deadline acquisition where they go out and get someone or one or two pieces who could potentially play on that fourth line who are who are veterans. You know, yeah. I, I I don't know. Yeah, it's almost like uh, you look at like a perfect guy would be like what Garnett Hathaway was last year, right? Like yes, like that's that. gonna perfect. Gonna play eleven, twelve minutes, but give you seven hits, making like some plays there. Like that's kind of exactly a guy that would make sense for for what they would maybe target in terms of like, all right, maybe don't look at the you know Elias Lindholm's those kind of players. If it's an ancillary guy that can elevate in the lineup, where I think there is more to give. Maybe that's who you realistically target, especially with. We've talked about it before, the cap and all those other kind of uh, hurdles facing them. Yeah, I, I just, the usage, I'm not, I'm not worried about it yet because I, I just think that the roster, like I'm not ready to throw Montgomery under the bus quite yet with this stuff because I just think that winning is the priority and let's face it, I don't know if, if um, you know, Blauco, Beecher, and Steen are going to, um, you know, can't, you know, uh, deliver you to the promised land quite yet. I think they're good. I think they have promise, but just as of right now, um, it's hard to to justify uh, rolling with nine forward. Or it's hard to go against rolling with nine forwards in the in the back half of a third period of a close game. But uh, you know what is never? Uh, you know what's always easy to justify, Connor? Using our friends over at Factor Meals. You want something quick? You want something easy? Well, boy, do we have something for you! Get started on your New Year's resolutions with Factor, so you're ready for the new year. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Skip the grocery stores, prep work, and cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian-approved meals delivered right to your door. With over 35 meals to choose from each week, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more, plus over 55 weekly add-ons, You'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart your resolutions. No more wasting time in the kitchen. Not only does Factor offer fast, simple solutions when I'm too busy to cook, they also help me stay on top of my goals. With offerings like Protein Plus and Keto, I can stay on track. This is definitely going to come in handy for my New Year's goals. So head to factormeals.com poke50 and use code poke50 to get 50% off. That's code P-O-K-E 50. Factor Meals. Your go-to, ready-to-eat meal delivery service. And now, let's get back to the show. For people who watch on YouTube, those videos are so well done. Like, the, <laughs> they really are. Um, so, Especially uh, that great voiceover work, too. Oh, melodic. Oh, my God. I was, it was just, you know, like, woo, in my feels over here. Yes. Um, Matt Potter returns from the World Juniors. Uh, where does he slot in? On, uh, if you were Jim Montgomery, where does he slot? I'm almost hitting the point now where I wonder if you start him off on the wing just to get him back in the lineup. That's not to say that he doesn't, you know, fit down the middle. Of course, he's you envision him as a top six sentiment of the future, but 
I think you got a lot of guys that, that are actually playing pretty well down the middle right now that maybe you let them let them cook for a little bit. And then when, again, you guys hit the expected lull, then you, you shift Potra back in. Cause I mean, you look at like Morgan geeky had a three point game. I think he's been really playing well, especially over the last couple of weeks. Um, we've talked about like, you want to keep coil and Frederick together, but like Frederick's been really good. I think over the last couple of games with uh Heinen and JVR. So um, it's a good problem. I think for Jim Montgomery and the Bruins to have, right? Because, I think you also have to find the best way to get a guy like Patra, you know, up and running quickly. So maybe that takes the real precedent here where, all right, like Frederick's been good down the middle, but move, move pieces around again and get Patra back and playing at a high level because I think you need him playing confidently and, and uh, playing well just because of how valuable he can be further down the lineup. But it's a, a great problem for the Bruins to have, because I think as we've said all year, the, the, the talent down the middle has been very strong this year. And it's been the case, even when Patra, who's been one of their biggest, biggest surprises um, has been out. But again, if you want this team to be playing at its highest level, you need a guy like Patra with his skill set to uh, really make the most of this second half run. And I think maybe it's, you have to find the best landing spot for him once he gets back. Cause he's already mentioned, you know, being disappointed about world juniors, but being very motivated and being probably uh, quite pissed about how that tournament ended for him. Um, so getting him back up and running is going to be key for this team. That's just an added level of, uh, you know, reinforcements for the second half. Yeah. I prefer him at center over the wing overall. Uh, I don't hate though, the idea of just giving him a shot. I mean, I, again, I'd rather him be at center. Um, I, I wouldn't mind if Frederick went back to wing and you put Patra in the middle potentially. Cause Ge- you're right. Geeky has worked up top. Um, and if you wanted to go with some sort of, you know, JVR, Patra, Frederick, I would be curious. Or, you know, then you got Heinen too, maybe Heinen. Uh, kind of what we just mentioned, Heinen maybe finds a spot on that fourth line as sort of a, a veteran-ish presence. Um, but again, I, I agree with you. It's a good problem to have. Didn't think we'd be saying that this year about the center position. No. Morgan, Yiki, uh, you know, really, you were on that so early. Credit to you. You were you were all it's over that. Baby. You're like a... You're like a weather forecaster who gets a snowstorm right. You were like, this Morgan Geeky is coming from Seattle. His, his cold fronts, I mean, he's, he's pretty hot. His hot fronts are pretty crazy. And they're going to, you know, you're going to have to shovel a lot with him and this and that. And he's, he's fit in great. So uh, pro- props to you, Connor. I try. Uh, prop- I try. Props to you. You should get a spot in the All-Star game. You should get Oliver Bjorkstrand's spot in the All-Star game. That's what you should man get. Was, man was fucking livid that he had to go <laughs> to Toronto. <laughs> Again, I, I don't blame you. I'd be the same way. I, you know, I always think like when I was little, I was like, oh, star games are the coolest. You know, you get to go and this thing. Now, and in the NBA, it's big. It's in, I think it's in Vegas. Like it's, or is it in Vegas? I don't even know where it is this year. I'm this, thinking of maybe no, it's in fucking tournament. Toronto. It's in Toronto. Oh, no, I mean the NBA. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I think so. I actually don't even know where it is. They, they are a lot more like they'll pick random places though. Like I think was it last year, two years ago it was like the, was it the 50th uh, or like the hundredth anniversary or something? It was some big, inter- I think maybe 75th anniversary of the NBA. And they had all these legends here and it was in fucking Cleveland. <laughs> I forgot about that. How you don't yeah. like a Madison square garden or something like that. Like, yeah, I agree. Like, but so the NBA, it matters. Those players care about the all-star games and all-star births. NHL. I, uh, 
And so I think for a lot of veteran players, and I get this with Bjorkstrand, you could either go on vacation with friends or family for like four days to a nice warm place and just sit on a beach, or you could go to Toronto and and be your team representative and go play in, you know, a three-on-three and, you know, dink around with some skills. Like, I, 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 this it, such a, it's such an easy choice. I do it, feel bad for Bjorkstrand. No, but it, it's like one of those things where if you're going to the All-Star break, like, if you – imagine if you, like, have, like, a family vacation lined up. and Maybe it's not, like, the, the nicest spot. Or, or, you know, it's not, like, a premier destination, but it's, like, a nice family trip to the Cape. A getaway. Yeah, nice getaway. And, like, your work is like, hey, man, congratulations. We got a paid-for trip to Las Vegas, but it's at, a, like, a conference. And you're like, uh, okay. I mean, like, yeah, the Bellagio is nice. It's, I don't have to pay for it, but i going to go to, like, a – convention center like i don't want to fucking do this shit. like again it's one yeah. of those where again you you do it it's part of the job but i think a lot of these guys would much rather just have their own vacations to pick from yeah so i i i, I get that uh and i completely agree with it uh that work conference in vegas oof that'd be uh you know they have a motivational speaker who's like come on god like this is your per your purpose and yeah, you use your passion and like this it's like shut up yeah you know, fucking tony robbins teaching how to walk on coals like no i'd rather just be at like in weymouth i'd rather no i'd rather be down like dennis <laughs> i don't want to be in fucking weymouth i'd rather just be like in like dennis with yeah, i'm going to weymouth yeah <laughs> We know it's funny, like, all these coaches who win these national championships, the year after they win, they get paid to tons of money to go to those conferences and speak and just give speeches about, you know, how, like, like an insurance company will bring in, like, Greg Carvel after he wins, uh, you know, the, <laughs> the, the hockey national championship and to, to talk about, you know, motivation and stuff. And I'm thinking, like, what's the, what's the correlation here, you know, like, I don't know. That must be missing something. I think one time my dad went to one. It was like for like a like a mail handlers union, and it was in Las Vegas. And Magic Johnson was the keynote speaker. I'm like, how the fuck? What is Magic Johnson <laughs> gonna tell you? Like, it's cool. Like, don't get me fucking wrong, but like, he's gonna be like, he got like he does like he gets like just gigantic like packages and does like behind the back, <laughs> throwing them in the crowd. <laughs> Like, what the fuck's he gonna do? What's he gonna tell you? Spin movie, like, like uh, the, the keynote, the guy like introing him, he like dunks on him, like yeah, to, exactly. To the so mic, he's just, like, he's just absolutely, he's just throwing like in, like just throwing Stanley cups, like just in people's heads <laughs> at like a nine a.m. at like a nine a.m. like function hall. Everyone's like half asleep anyway. You were probably like hungover, just getting like Stanley cups just rocketed at your head. <laughs> well, it's like if you did Magic Johnson's the keynote speaker, if he like uh, gave speeches like he tweets where he's like, the U.S. Postal Service <laughs> delivers the mail. Yeah, <laughs> like, as we know, <laughs> they, like they are an important part of society. It's like, oh, like, yes. Thanks, yes. Magic. Right, um, right notes down. <laughs> that, that was new information. Um, but anyway, in a, in a roundabout way, uh, should the Bruins have another All-Star Game representative? They have Pasternak, rightfully so. Um, <laughs> poor Pasternak having to go to Toronto. Um, should they have anybody? Him. He does. He does. Uh, not today. Not today, Justin. Uh, but should any other players uh, get the nod? Yeah, I mean, I think Jeremy. I think Jeremy Swan makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, he, even I, I guess it's bad timing after you give up six goals, but I think he's been one of the best goalies in the in the league this year, and I think especially for maybe a guy who's could be a first year All Star. I think that'd be a nice, a nice nod for him. Um, beyond the, I'm sure a lot of other guys like a Marshand or a McAvoy probably would enjoy also probably having that you know break. So 
having it be a first year guy probably the, the novelty of uh, and the honor of getting that uh, for you the first time probably something that I think wouldn't be lost on a guy like Swayman. So I think I'd be voting. I'd, I'd be rooting for him. I would say. Agreed. Swayman's the guy. Swayman's the only guy, really. And I think uh, as a veteran, I think that's you know. I mean, as a as a younger player, I think what you just said, right? Like first time, big deal. That's the guy who should go. You know, right. or like the the Frank Vetranos of the world. Like that's a cool thing that he made it. Good for Frank. Like awesome um so i agree uh it should be swayman if any other bruin goes uh and then swayman can give the keynote speech at like you know the the ubs up in toronto or like yes. the 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 headquarters at tim hortons he can give a nice little speech yes. after the all-star game uh anyways connor what can the people look forward to from you over at the globe and boston.com yeah we're gonna be covered every step of the way whether it's uh game recaps, features, columns, all that good stuff. So you can read all of it over there. Uh, and if you want to follow me on Twitter, X, whatever the fuck it's called, uh, you can at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinofsky. You poke the bear listeners. Have a great rest of your week.